The Red Sox walk it off, but in delayed fashion. You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to welcome you back into the Locked On Red Sox podcast. Thank you so much for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every single day. I'm your host, Jake Mizuski, and what a game. In my opinion, a game to remember, but I am joined by a very special guest in today's episode. His name is Jake Yossi. He's the producer of Baseball is Dead and the Name Redacted podcast, both with Jared Carabas. And him and I break down this incredible game on Tuesday night and much, much more. Let's get into my conversation with Jake. We are here with Jake Yossi, who's a producer for Baseball is Dead in the Name Redacted podcast. So how are we doing, Jake? I, I got to start off. What a game. Like I, I feel like that game is going to be remembered even at the end of the season. doesn't matter how the season turns out. Yeah, man. First of all, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Hell of a game. You know, I was telling you we were going to hop on uh, right after the game for this interview and I was like, please just win so we can have the vibes high on this yeah, podcast. <laughs> um, but man, they needed a win like that. Like so many winnable games that I feel like we let go. But a game like that to finally come through in that spot is uh, is huge. I agree, especially especially everything that like led up to it as well. Like, you, you know, it started off with a whole TK getting the drop third strike and making it to first. You know, Cassis walking, which seeing him have that play presence after you know, struggling so far this season was really nice to see. And then, you know, McGuire getting that blue game tie and hit. And then, you know, the weird double play, like couldn't have had a better, like, I guess, lead up to such a weird play and a delayed reaction as well. Yeah. Huge walk by Duran mixed in there too. Um, I mean, that was, that was big. I, when I saw that ground ball go to third and Cassis got tagged, I'm like, honestly, he should have just laid down and, and maybe, just like delayed time so Ref Snyder could get to first, but you can't obviously fault him in that situation. Right. There's a lot exactly. going on right there. But I mean, yeah, after that debacle to be able to walk it off and not have to go to the 11th was, was big for sure. And, you know, e- even like sales starting, I-, I mean, I don't know about you. I was really nervous going into this start, especially with how everything has begun and him not really having any command whatsoever, but he really found a way to have pinpoint control throughout this start. Yeah, and you talked about how much led up to that 10th inning. Like, the Chris Sale start feels like three games ago at this point. Um, Seriously. The fact that that was tonight is crazy. But, yeah, I mean, what a what a big outing by him. Um, just to give us some confidence to have another solid guy in the rotation is, is big, and, like, we know what he's capable of. So, I mean, 11 Ks through six, I think it was. That's, like, first time double-digit strikeouts in four years, I think someone said. So, I mean, obviously love to see that out of Chris. And win six innings too. Like the yeah. one thing that you know was talked about literally two days ago is how much the bullpen has been used to start this season. And now we're seeing you know Cutter Crawford go six innings, you know Whitlock goes seven. And who would have thought you know Sale would have gone you know six and only allowed three hits? Yeah, man. If he can continuously do that for the rest of the year, I mean, even if he's just a serviceable starter, I think a lot of people would have taken that. But if he can show that level of vintage Chris Sale, I mean, multiple times throughout this year, where where that really changes the whole rotation and the whole team in general. 
and especially his command as well, like 67%, uh, you know, 63 strikes over, over 94 overall pitches. And I, I feel like the slider was finally working, you know, you know, especially how much it literally looked like a Frisbee. There was times where like it, it almost hit like a right-handed hitter. And those, those multiple times where you know, different guys looked silly up there, the twins batters. And I, I was just happy to see his slider back in command and, the rest of his pitch is working as well. Yeah, I mean, that last at-bat, or that last batter he faced in the top of the sixth when he went down 3-0 to him, and then you just, like, saw that look on his eye, and he just came he just came back and fought, and I think he put him away with, like, a filthy slider at the end of that yeah. at-bat. But, I mean, just seeing that determination in his eyes again and actually executing is awesome. I couldn't agree more. I, I, I saw that, and I noticed it, and I, all it made me think of is, like, the video of, of him going like screaming at his glove and like that confidence, like that fire that we've been yearning for from Chris sale. I I hope we get to see that soon. We need him. Like we, we need that energy. And, you know, especially, especially, I don't know about you, like over these past few days, I've been going back and watching, you know, 2013 stuff and just, you know, seeing the David Ortiz like speech and obviously Chris sales speech in 2018, that kind of reminds me of that as well. But like, just like the leadership that that 2013 team had and you know their re- resiliency. I mean, you could see it tonight too. I mean, I I felt like when Schreiber came in with two outs, like or with, I'm sorry, when Schreiber came in, like he ultimately wasn't able to get out of any of that mess and ultimately uh, obviously ended up giving the Twins the lead. But I, I went from being confident in this game with a tie to it just – blowing up in, in, in our face again what once again and then the Sox being able to be resilient enough to ultimately get the dub. Yeah. No, just having a guy who has that edge like Chris is just so big because you're obviously looking for to different guys on this team for leadership and maybe some who haven't really stepped up this year so far yet who you just need to be leaders. And Chris, I mean, he always is going to have that edge and he's going to be a psychopath in the bullpen in a good mm-hmm. way, but or in the dugout in a good way. But um I mean, when he's not locating, when he's not having good outings, it's obviously doesn't translate as well. So when he's out there and he's shoving and he's got that that edge to him, that just adds a lot of character to this team. Yeah, I agree. I, actually, I haven't been able to do this since I got this thing. So, like, if you're watching on YouTube, I have this Chris Sale, like, K-Counter. I just realized this. I haven't been able to do this ever since, like, I actually, like, bought this thing. So, got to put it to 11. I got this little Chris Sale bobblehead. <laughs> I put it here for a reason for like good luck to you know g- give him in my mind some sort of confidence. Obviously, he doesn't know that it's actually there. Uh, but you know, it, it, it will be so clutch if he's able to be back on his game. And you know, it's also been nice to see you know some other Red Sox starters look, look good, you know, as of late. Uh, and, and I hope you know the more that this rotation gets healthier and healthier, we're, we're able to see different guys come up clutch and obviously everybody coming back including Paxton, it's going to be very interesting how everything does materially. But uh, one, one thing I was curious about is Jared has, like, Caleb Ort. Tyler has, you know, Garrett Whitlock. But, like, who's your well, guy? I mean, w- debatable on whether uh, Tyler has Garrett Whitlock. A lot of shitlock uh, references going around. My guy, that's a good question. Um, I mean, Schreiber, obviously tough outing tonight, but he's been sneaky pretty good this year. Um I haven't really like publicly made a stand. I don't think on, on anyone, but I mean, I'll, I'll take Chris sale if he's up for grabs. <laughs> I think that's probably a pretty good pick. Um, I mean, if he, if he does what he did tonight, the rest of the season, that's, 
that's going to be a guy that uh, you want on your side. So, yeah, I'll take Sale. I hope so. And, you know, obviously another guy, too, that, you know, was so huge tonight, Verdugo. He, he's just been so clutch throughout this season, an on-base machine. Uh, I, I looked on, you know, MLB stats, like 17th right now, ranked in, you know, batting average. You can't have anybody better, like, in that spot to walk it off. And uh, it was it was just so weird seeing all the guys so ready to, like, celebrate. I'm like, all right, somebody somebody's literally has to make a call, like, right now. Yeah. No, Verdugo just looks different this year, man. It's awesome to see. And like, especially with a lot of guys underperforming at the plate so far, he's just a guy that we needed to step up. And I mean, Cora called him out over the offseason or at the end of last year. And I mean, he's obviously responded. I'm super confident every time he comes up to the plate, even tonight when there's two outs, guys on second and third, uh, four to four, you're like, damn, we just blew that opportunity to get an easy sack fly or ball to the right side, get that run in. But I mean, even even with two outs, I still thought he was going to come through and he obviously did. So I mean, big, big props to Doogie this year. He's really carrying us. And, you know, especially just like the patient that the patience that he's shown, like at the play, I, I've seen him trying much more to just get base, base hits instead of like trying to go for power. I mean, you, you know, you see it with, you know, one home run and five RBIs every single time he comes up, but like the batting average up to, you know, 348, you can't ask for anything better. Like in that leadoff spot, especially for somebody who's, you know, hoping to get an extension probably this offseason. Yeah, he's like barreling up everything and just driving the ball singles like I'm not even like dinky singles, like he's still ripping the ball. So, I mean, right. yeah, couldn't couldn't ask more out of a leadoff guy right now. 5 for 3 for him today and then you, you know another guy who I actually didn't realize was like hitting the cover off of the baseball, Reese McGuire. 393 so far this season. Unbelievable. <laughs> and obviously a huge hit there in the 10th like Going back to last year, he's just been consistently like above 300 guy, which I don't think a lot of people expected. But I mean, if he's going to keep doing that, I'm, I'm down to keep putting him in the lineup. I hope that you are enjoying my conversation with Jake. But I just want to take a second to talk to you about eBay Motors. So for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, Head to eBay Motors with eBay's guarantee fit. You can be sure that every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know that the part will fit or your money back. Because just like sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop at eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions may apply. Also, if you're an everydayer, make sure to tune in tomorrow because I have a very special guest and Lucy Burge from BetQL coming on the show. So make sure to tune in. Let's get back into my conversation with Jake. Yeah. And, you know, one thing that I actually did, like when he right after he hit that blue single, I tweeted out, I'm actually going to be giving away a Reese McGuire autograph. I have like Saw 20. That. I have like 25 of them. No joke. <laughs> uh, for, so. I, I, I've never really told this story, but like I, I sent him a fan mail and he actually sent it back because the uh, envelope ended up getting teared. And so he said that like it showed up with like no uh, cards, but like it showed up like with my note. And so he sent back 
like two autograph cards, like with like a really nice note, like explaining everything. I'm like, this guy's a really good guy. And then I like ended up going down to like Bradenton, like for the pirates spring training, like a few times, like got a ton of his autographs and him and like Austin Meadows were like the only people, if you sent like cards to like, I don't know when they were like wicked big prospects, they would actually sign. So I, I, for some reason, like 25 of them. That's awesome. I, I'm not surprised. Honestly, he seems like the man. Did you see his, uh, his post game interview like 10 minutes ago? No, I didn't. He's, <laughs> I, saw, I saw Doogie's where he like swore like five times. Yeah. Yeah. That that's what, that's the one I meant. Um, oh, okay. Just kept dropping the, dropping the F bomb. I feel like yeah. that's just like how he talks and he can't even reel it in. So I feel like that comes <laughs> across. Jemai's as, like, just so you know, we're live. Like, yeah. Like after he did it for like the fifth time, he's like, we're live by the way. It's like a little late now, but um, yeah, he's, I, I just love Doogie. You can tell like, that's just who he actually is. And it comes off as super relatable. Yeah, so I, I, I've been doing uh, at the Woo Sox just their Nesson broadcast. So, like, I, I get to see, like, how, like, the director does it and everything like that. And all I can think is, like, those people hearing F-bomb after F-bomb after F-bomb. And they're like, oh, my God, like, why don't we have a bleep person, like, ready? Like, it's just because they don't think about it. And Alex Verdugo isn't interviewed, like, every single night. But, yeah. like, that's all I think about is their reactions. Like, are you kidding me? I know they got to be freaking out, but I mean, they were letting them fly through. There was yeah. definitely maybe the bleep guy had the night off, but uh, <laughs> that, yeah, they let those slip through for sure. But like McGuire getting pinch hit for uh, Wong, that was kind of interesting to me. I get it 100%, but like Wong so far, he's he's had his moments at, at small points, but like 171 so far. And, you know, I, I, I was, you know, since I've been working for the Woo Sox, seeing Alfaro do his thing at the plate, you know, obviously nowhere close to Wong defensively, but I mean, is he a guy that you look towards like maybe, you know, June, if Wong still has, you know, a below 200 or, you know, a, a low 200 average. Yeah. I mean, I guess the thought there is you're starting Wong because of his arm and he obviously has shown that he can throw guys out. He's been on a tear of throwing guys out recently. Um, so I guess swapping in Reese there for, for a bigger moment at the plate makes sort of sense to me. I haven't followed Alfaro too much, but um, I mean, I'll take your word on it. I could see like he had three, he had three run single uh, double today. Really? Okay. Um, won the game today for the Woo Sox. Yeah. So, I mean, to your point, I think if Wong is sub 200 still, and like you mm -hmm. said, June, you probably will start looking at Alfaro. Um, but I mean, yeah, that, that arm behind the plate is, is just obviously his biggest weapon. And I, I've, I've found it interesting, you know, obviously going into the season, everybody's really nervous about, you know, the, this Wong uh, Maguire sort, sort of platoon. A little bit of the nervous is, you know, you, you've had uh, Vasquez back there for, you know, multiple years, that security. And like with what Maguire gave you last year, you know, the 400 uh, with, when he was with the Red Sox after getting traded over here, it, I, I've just – been a little bit more confident in what they've given you know not only defensively but just offensively as well and you know i i thought it was really interesting all throughout free agency people are like why are we looking more at catchers like what is happening with this whole position yeah obviously vasquez leaving the thought immediately was like damn we have no catcher vasquez has been our consistent guy he's solid defensively and at the plate for a number of years for us but no i mean like you said i think wong and mcguire tandem has been a a surprisingly pretty good fit so far. Um, I mean, it's obviously tough night in, night out to decide who's going to start, but I feel like Cora's managed it pretty well. And like, 
in a game like tonight. I think it went perfectly. So, I mean, shout out to those guys for stepping up. And funny enough, as we talk about Vasquez's uh, competence behind the plate, kind of gave us that game tonight multiple times. Yeah, seriously. It was it was kind of weird seeing him walk back to the Twins dugout, like losing, because he's yeah. like, I'm used to like celebrating with these guys at Fenway. For sure. <laughs> and probably, you know, being back there, I mean, I know he was back there, uh, you know, when when he literally had to play for the Astros or when he was with the Astros and they had to walk over. But it was it's just so weird to you know see all these different pictures of all these different guys in these different uniforms. I don't know if you feel the same way. I mean, with, with uh, you know, J.D. in, in the Dodgers uniform, like people make all these like photoshops. I'm like, all right, stop. Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, Xander, Vasquez, J.D., it's it's super of all the like. I feel like that's the first thing when someone gets traded, the the Photoshop comes out and they're just like, it's almost like they want to drive the pain into you even more. They're like, look at him in the new uniform and it obviously sucks to see. But uh, yeah, Vasquez tonight, I mean, the catcher's interference and then the drop strike three to Kike, like that was uncharacteristic of him, but obviously we'll we'll take it. We'll take the win. We, so, so, you know, going back to the Red Sox catchers, I, I'm curious your thoughts on why you think they're not throwing out runners barely at all. You know, you brought up, obviously, Wong's been doing it successfully uh, as of late. But, like, especially against the Orioles, I remember their first series and then all these other teams as well. Like, I, I think the Orioles, like, broke a record for the most amount of, like, steals that they've been able to get successfully uh, in a few amount of games uh, of this series. But I'm just curious your thoughts on do you think it's, like, the pitch clock or you know, bigger bases or – yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, steel success rate is up across the league. Um, I think maybe that first series against the O's was just the Red Sox not fully being ready for it. And they talked about pitchers waiting till two, one second left on the pitch clock. So the Orioles were just timing it up and, and uh, really Wong and McGuire had no chance to throw them out anyway. So, I mean, I, I'm optimistic because obviously the last, week or so they've been throwing out a lot more guys and it hasn't been as big of a problem so i'm hoping it stays that way but yeah i think that that early thing was just sort of like a fluke um and maybe just a little bit of rust from not fully understanding the new rules or knowing how to uh best work around them to make that not happen to you another thing that's been really weird to see is how much teams have been bunting on the Red Sox it seems like especially against Chris Sale he he tried to do a whole like Jeter thing or he almost did and didn't end yeah. up throwing it when he when he got the bunt but like I feel like teams are so comfortable bunting against the Red Sox now because they know majority of the time at least throughout this season it's been successful yeah we have not been able to defend the bunt um that was funny when we saw Chris Sale jump up like that I was like at first, I thought he was going to third. Then I thought he was going to second. I'm like, please don't like no yeah. look 180 jump past this to first. Um, yeah. Thankfully, he didn't. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, I mean, that Nesson cameras actually showed Cora like a lot tonight and he just kept going like this. Um, I think he was just telling people to be aware of the bunt. So maybe it's something that they're they're looking at and, and mm -hmm. saying, why are people bunting so much on us? But yeah, interesting to see what happens with that for the next couple of weeks. And you, you also brought up Duran earlier in the episode. I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on you know him getting his, in my opinion, last shot to show that he deserves to be on this major league team. And I, I mean, he not only did very well in his debut, but also in this game as well, you know, two hits and you also brought up that clutch walk. I'm curious 
your thoughts on him, especially from what I've seen. He had like a 193 batting average in AAA prior to coming up. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think early impressions are he kind of, I mean, I know he switches around his uh, his style at the plate a lot, his routine, but I mean, he he kind of is car- tearing the cover off the ball the last couple games. I, he had one yesterday that went high off the monster that probably would have been a home run everywhere besides Fenway. Um, so, I mean, just with how much of a freak athlete he is, how fast he is, like mm-hmm. he's a super fun, exciting guy to watch, and I don't want to like completely close the door on him yet. So I'm down to keep giving him chances. I mean, he's looked solid defensively too. He's obviously a huge threat on the base path. Um, and, I mean, we kind of need help right now. So as long as he's still hitting the ball and, and looks good at the plate, I think we should keep rolling with him. I agree, especially, you, you know, the new stance that we saw. And, you know, he, he also had a lot more presence down in AAA, play patience, excuse me, and was able to not only get like 10 walks compared to 11 strikeouts. And that was one thing that I noticed with him is he, he was just chasing at all these different pitches and but then was still able to have patience to be able to get walks. And there was just like an interesting mix, but a lot less than what we saw of last season. And I really hope that he, we're able to see not only a better plate uh, approach, but also better fielding, because that's one thing, especially seeing him in center field, it still gives me a little bit of anxiety. Yeah, I think we'll all still have a little bit of uh, anxiety whenever there's a pop pop fly to center, at least for for a few more games until he proves it. But uh, no, he looks solid out there, so I'm hoping we see more of him. I hope that you are enjoying my conversation with Jake, but I just want to take a second to talk to you about Ultimate Pro Baseball GM. So this is one of the coolest games I've played, honestly, in a long time. I don't know about you, but I've always wanted to be a general manager of my own professional baseball team, sort of make the different decisions, put my Bloom or Theo Epstein hat on, and... If you've had that same exact feeling, this is the perfect game for you. They not only allow you to hire the right coaches and staff, manage your team finances, but also scout and draft players. And also, the biggest thing that, as a GM, you never really think about is managing through the difficult personalities and injuries as well. We all know how the Red Sox are trying to overcome injuries right now, so you can figure out how difficult it is to do that, but make sure that you, you make the right decisions as a GM through this game and it's been so much fun playing it against other locked on hosts and you can actually get involved and play against us right now by not only checking out pro baseball gm on the app store or also by scanning the qr code but it's not only challenging but realistic as well as free and you can also play online wherever you go so you can play on the go as well so locked on red Sox listeners get a 100 free boost to their franchise when using the promo code locked on in the game store. So make sure to check it out. Download the game. Just visit probaseballgm.com or scan the code to look it up on the app store. That's probaseballgm.com. Ultimate Pro Baseball. Start your dynasty today. Now let's get back into my conversation with Jake. And I don't know if you saw, like, with the Woo Sox a few days ago, he he uh, ended up missing a ball over his head uh, in center field and ended up allowing the team to – uh, I can't remember. Take the lead, I'm pretty sure. And then uh, Manuel Val and Manuel Valdez uh, ended up walking it off, and Jared ended up hitting the game tying home run. So right. like it, it was just a weird turn of events, and it, it's it's obviously cool now to see him get his chance. But you know, y- Yoshida is one guy you also 
spoke about recently uh, in in the newest name redacted po- uh, episode. And I mean, we he went over five tonight and has a one sixty seven batting average uh, after this game. I'm I'm curious if what what your thoughts are on him. I I sort of semi expected this struggle to begin April and getting acclimated to the MLB pitching, but I'm curious your thoughts on him not being able to really get on base. And another thing you guys brought up as well is him rolling over a ton that happened tonight too. Yeah, man, it's been a tough go to start. Um, I don't think anyone's calling him a bust completely yet. It's, it's like you said, it's not super surprising that he's off to a slow start. He has a lot to adjust to um, in the MLB, but man, it's, it's tough some of these ABs and I think he had I think his third at bat tonight and maybe the fifth or sixth inning he actually poked one to left and that was like the first time he really just went with a pitch that was away and, and tried to use that wall and it ended up getting caught but Lou Merloni said on the broadcast like Red Sox gotta like what they see out of just that at bat in general and right. I think if he can start doing that more often and using the monster to his advantage that's going to be right. a huge piece for him but man yeah he I mean these weak grounders to the right side these he's been up in in some big spots recently and you just don't have that feeling when he gets to the plate that he's going to come through yet. So slow start for him, but we'll, we'll see what happens. And I feel like pitchers are starting to notice that as well. Like there's, there's not only, you know, pitching him inside, but also outside as well. And, you know, I I feel like even when they pitch him outside, it it rolls over as well. And, you know, you, you saw plenty of, plays today where you know they threw it to him inside did the same thing rolled over to the second baseman and I agree if he's able to find a way to do what we saw in spring training where he was just able to pepper off of the jet blue like mini mini monster uh he's really got to do that at Fenway and especially utilize it for power as well because he also won the home run derby uh, over in Japan yeah no it's definitely surprising seeing this because he just came from such a hot uh or I guess month in the WBC being the MVP of his pool, I think, and, you know, having a huge home run in the semifinal game. Um, so you wanted to see him start, start hot, but I mean, not, not super surprising, but I, I hope he just sort of figures out that opposite field game. And um, I think he'll, he'll figure it out if he does that. And I'm curious your thoughts on the rest of the twin series as well. Sorry, you cut for a sec. Oh shit! <laughs> having, having classic uh, name redacted <laughs> yeah. issues. But by the way, since I'm going to keep that in, might as well. It's it's, it's part of the whole joke. <laughs> for but sure. when that does happen, how is that for you? Like editing the podcast? Like, do you have to make down notes? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm, all, I'm always taking notes during the pod. Um, like sometimes I'll leave it in, like you will, just because it's funny, especially with Tyler. Um, <laughs> But the thing we use, like uh, sometimes the internet disconnects, but the service we use is recording locally. So it actually doesn't affect the recording. That's why sometimes you'll hear Tyler be like, oh, we didn't hear you, Jared, but the listeners heard him. Um, But yeah, I I usually just have a timer going. And then I uh, like when something happens like that, I just mark down what time it happened and then I'll go back and edit it later. Yeah, because that that was one thing that like I was always curious about is I mean you see you see you in like the little square and you know a lot of podcasts do that where like they show the producer and uh, I, I'm always curious like what do the producers do behind the camera I'm I'm guessing like time stamping but is is there any is there any time where you have to like research outside of you know ma- making sure that Pat is staying on top of his Pat's picks <laughs> Yeah, um, no, it's basically all just uh, writing down like 
exactly what we're talking about, what time we're talking about it. I'm also uh, ranking like moments during the podcast, what I think were the best moments to use for social clips. We have a bunch of people helping out making clips for social. So after the episode's over, I'll just send them the list of notes. It'd be like, hey, like at like 32 minutes and 30 seconds, there was us talking about Kenley Jansen being uh, dominant this year. And then we'll cut that clip. Um, so it's basically just keeping track of what's happening. And then if there's any connection issues, going back and cleaning that up later. And also, how excited are you that, you know, the podcast has a name now? It's not, you know, just Jared Carabas pod or and now also that you don't really have to cut out and stay up to cut, cut out section 10 as much. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely refreshing. Um, I know Jared didn't like having his name in the podcast name. And I also didn't like tweeting and posting from that name because I sort of felt like I was like speaking for him, like not actually, mm-hmm. but it just was weird because like he would tweet something and then I would tweet with his name again and just like kind of didn't really make sense. So officially calling it name redacted is is definitely cool. And uh, I love the new logo. The uh, graphics team at DraftKings yeah. did a great job with it. Um, and we got shirts on sale now, too. So I think the uh, the whole rebrand is, is definitely refreshing for me and for the whole podcast. Yeah, I remember I saw it like during the meetup uh, right before opening day. And it's it's also cool to see like how how the YouTube whole you know background uh, for for the podcast looks exactly like Fenway with the brick and everything like that. Uh, you know, you you and I like I do editing stuff too. I I do Photoshop and everything like that. I would love to be able to figure out how to do that, but that the, yeah, I agree. The whole rebrand looks sick. Yeah, shout out to our guy Corey on that one. Um, he's just a a guy who probably still the best decision I ever made to this day when doing this podcast is reaching out to someone on Reddit, it ended up being Corey because I saw him doing just graphics for fun about stuff that we were talking about on the podcast. And I was like, hey, man, do you want to help us out with graphics? And he was like, sure. And now he does literally everything for us and he's unbelievable at it. So uh, shout out, Corey. Shout out, Corey. And uh, I'm I'm also curious, like for for you, I I bet there's a lot of people who are listening to this, like trying to figure out if they do editing stuff or, um, you know, are are just trying to get their foot in the door. in the sports space. I'm, I'm curious, like what are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned through your journey, like meeting Jared, getting the position um, and just also continuing to grow in this profession? Yeah, man. Um, you got to just find a way to provide value to people, I think is probably um, the biggest piece of advice I could give. Like, um, you know, I got really lucky right time, right place with Jared, with uh, Steve leaving section 10 back in late 2021. Um, I was already doing editing and music videos for um, a bunch of other people. And one of the artists I was working for uh, knew Coley. So um, he connected me with Coley. I knew that they needed a producer and I had been a fan of the show for a while. So um, they linked me up and then I developed a relationship with Jared and uh, he asked me to come to DraftKings. We took it from there. But that was that was really lucky. Right time, right place. But also it's just, you know, when you meet someone and and you want to start to work for them, you just got to figure out how's the best way to not overwhelm this person with requests or flood them with DMs, but just find a way to provide them value and then they'll take notice. And uh, that's sort of what happened with me. I agree. And, you know, also being able to, you know, make those relationships as well, because being able to have a good working relationship with anybody is, is, is the best, but also being able to be connected through those different relationships that you may have is, is also the best as well. And uh, I I feel like throughout this, you know, 
profession or like in industry, everybody kind of knows everybody. And that's the most fun part about it. Yeah, it's awesome, man. It's been great meeting everybody involved in the Red Sox space. You, I mean, I met a bunch, I met you for the first time at the meet and greet at, mm-hmm. um, at House of Blues. So yeah, appreciate you coming to that. And I mean, Absolutely. there's just, there's, it's a, it's a really cool community to be a part of. So, um, I definitely would just say that too. Like, if someone reaches out to you, don't hesitate to connect with them. Just chat with them, talk some Red Sox with them. I mean, you never know um, if they might need your help in the future. You might need their help, or however that relationship might develop. But uh, yeah, just always keep an open mind when talking to everybody. And that that's one thing that you know I've always appreciated, especially since covering the Red Sox, is is being able to make those relationships like me chris Hendrick, and uh stephen brown went to that meetup like the, those two kids i met off of twitter and being able to make those relationships through twitter especially when you go to Sox games you're inter- be able to interact with people who you interact with online uh I, f- I feel like that's like the best part of the whole community and then you react to moments like tonight all together yeah i mean you just see people's takes on twitter you see them reacting to walk off stuff like that and then to meet them in person and just be able to talk sort of like how you do on twitter but just in real life is cool. So yeah, it's a fun community to be community to be a part of. And one person I've yet to meet is, is, is Tyler Milliken in person. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and one thing that I did want to say is, you know, I, I saw, I saw the, the, one of the questions on, uh, on the tweet that I put out, uh, why, why does he hate Tyler so much? And I, I, I'm not going to put any words in your mouth, but what you told to me is Tyler's one of the nicest people that you've ever met. And I, I'm pretty sure like for anybody who, would would know that you know that that you said that is uh would know that everything that you do on the pod is obviously sarcastic yeah i hope it comes across as sarcastic i know people if you listen to it for the first time you might be like why are they just dunking on this tyler kid every episode (laughs) but no man tyler is we have a great relationship he's one he is one of the nicest dudes i've ever met um he it's kind of just like when you have one of your buddies who you make fun of and it's just like fun to bag on him when you know that he's not taking it seriously and you know, he can give it right back. So it's uh, he he's a great sport about it. It wouldn't be funny if he wasn't a good sport about it. So um, he's definitely in on the bit and it's, yeah, it's just funny. And I think everyone finds it funny. So. Yeah, it, it, I agree. It, it makes it even more funny and especially everything with Pat too. And I loved the episode where it came back for like 15 minutes. Yeah. Pat is always, always a good guest or co-host whatever he decides to be that day um yeah he's he's just a naturally funny dude so i hope you get him more often during the season i think if the red Sox like catch fire or they're in the playoffs or they are making a playoff run you might see more more of baseball pat pop up um that's just my prediction but uh yeah would, would love to get him back sometime soon and w- one thing too that you guys did recently interviewed david ortiz and that was right after uh or right after the opening day game or, or the meetup. Uh, and the one thing that I was really curious to see is how Tyler reacted when he first walked in, because I mean, I would probably do the same as that thing. I know obviously Jared probably met him and I, I didn't know if Pete had met him at all. I knew, I knew that you met him, but um, I know when I meet him the first time, I'm going to be like, Holy crap. Like <laughs> you made so many amazing memories uh, for me throughout my childhood. Yeah, you try to mentally prepare for that moment, but once you see him and you're just like, holy shit, that's Big Poppy, it's right. kind of all everything you thought before just goes out the window. Um, 
Tyler was late to the interview, which is classic because he was like the first one to actually get to the office, but then couldn't figure out how to get in. So <laughs> him meeting him was basically him was basically Tyler walking into the studio like three or four minutes into while Pete and Jared were already interviewing him. So um, he kind of just walked over, sat down in his chair, and then Poppy was like, what's up, man? So uh, <laughs> I, I thought that was pretty funny and on brand for Tyler. And I also thought it was funny that, I, I mean, Pete even said it like after the, uh, after the Poppy interviews, Pete asked his question like three times. Ortiz <laughs> never, never answered it at all. Yeah. He's just like, so who's one guy that like you really wanted to get? And he just was <laughs> like, oh, you know, everybody. And then Pete was like, yeah, but who? And he was like, everyone. So I don't know. Poppy's going to answer how he, he wants to answer. That's, that's just Poppy. I, I hope, I, I hope that you would say like Roger Clemens or something. I thought. Yeah, that would have been cool. Maybe if we do it again, we'll get Pete to ask the same question and he can just ask it as many times until he actually answers it. So final question for you. This is this is one thing that I I like asking athletes too. Uh if if you were up at the plate, like for like a, a World Series, like three two count, like bases loaded, two outs, you know, the whole bit, uh what which pitcher would would you most not want to face? Damn. That's a good question. I was gonna say, would you most want to face? But like, then then you would pick somebody like in single A to like come up to like <laughs> yeah. or something. You know, you could pick, you could say anybody if it against you in that situation. Yeah, um, I mean, I go back to Chris Sale coming out of the bullpen in 2018 in L.A. and I'm like, Ooh. he's not a closer, but like a guy like that in a moment like that is like you just have no chance. And uh, yeah. obviously, they didn't, um, but. I, I might go with him. Kenley Jansen's looked unreal. I guess it depends when you, when you, uh, what era it is, or, or I'm not sure the stipulations or the rules on this, but uh, I'll, I'll go with Sale. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I you just made me think of like which era. I you just made me think of Randy Johnson, kind of like similar like arm angle like Sale. But I agree. I, I think you know for the people that are watching on YouTube, that would probably be like another, another K. That's kind of why I got this thing. <laughs> That'll probably be another K on his on his belt tonight. But For appreciate sure. you coming on, Jake. And uh, I mean, what what a better game to uh, to do it after and better better vibes as well. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Happy to be a part of it. And lastly, where can people find you know everything that you do and you know support everything that you do? Yeah, so it's uh, at Name Redacted Pod on Twitter at Baseball Is Dead on Twitter. Um, both under the DraftKings umbrella. Jared's obviously the host of both. Um, Baseball's Dead's the national pod. Name Redacted's the Sox pod. So catch us on there. I hope that you did enjoy my conversation with Jake Yossi and got a little bit of insight on what he does behind the camera during the Name Redacted podcast, sort of how he got to where he is in his journey, and also got a little bit more insight on all the different Red Sox topics that have been happening over the last week or so. But we're going to continue to keep these great episodes rolling as we have a very special guest on tomorrow in Lucy Burge. So we greatly appreciate everybody making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every single day. So every day or tomorrow, as I mentioned, Lucy Burge from BetQL is going to be on the podcast. We're not only going to talk about some of the best bets to do uh, in in regards to the Red Sox, but also she's going to give some of her thoughts on the most pressing topics surrounding the Boston Red Sox. But if you have not yet and you would like to, make sure to subscribe over on YouTube or our audio platform that you listen to this podcast on because we post five days a week, keeping you posted about everything that's going on surrounding the team while also bringing on great guests 
like for example, Jake. And also make sure to follow Locked On Red Sox over on Twitter. It's LO underscore Red Sox. Follow myself. It's at Jake Iggy. And also my co-host Lauren is La La La. Three laws, Lauren with four R's. But as always, we greatly appreciate everybody tuning in. I hope that you have a great rest of your day. And we'll end it how we always end it. Keep the faith, stay positive, and let's go Sox. Peace.